0: Welcome to the voice of the child my name is natasha and my guest today is laura not her real name a parent and an independent researcher looking into the child protection system hi laura welcome to the program
1: thank you natasha hi
0: We're going to be chatting about a survey you created which holds information about children in care getting to see their birth parents during the COVID-19 outbreak. As some of our listeners will know, the government's social distancing rules which have been implemented to try to stop the spread of the virus have led to a lot of children in care who have court orders in place to spend time with their birth parents not getting to see their biological parents in person. Your survey is the first of its kind in the UK, which offers an insight into how some of these contact sessions have been affected, and it outlines several upsetting and concerning revelations. But before we get into those, how did you get involved in doing this kind of research, and why are you doing it?
1: Well, good question, Natasha. Um, As a parent myself, I found myself at the mercy of family court and being taken through childcare proceedings. Um, obviously it was a too much worse time in my life and um, I was not given very much information as to policy and procedure as to what should happen. Um, I found my solicitor didn't um, really encourage me to issue her instructions rather as she instructed me. Um, and Towards the end when I got fed up with being told that I couldn't do this and couldn't do that. I threw a bit of a wobbly and she basically told me to toe the line. Um, After the final hearing, um, I sat and I read through my paperwork and I got a bee in my bonnet and decided that, no, this hasn't been fair. This hasn't been just. I've been stereotyped and I've been defamed and this is not how the justice system should run. So I started reading and researching and I kind of fell into it. That way, and decided I would write a report to expose the goings-on in family court, which I have not yet completed, but it's in the making.
0: So why did you decide to put together this particular survey?
1: Well, as the COVID-19 crisis escalated um, in the UK, Facebook became full of posts from anxious parents asking if anybody knew what was the situation with contact as everybody kind of got the gist that face-to-face contact had been suspended across the nation, um, but it appears that nobody had bothered to inform parents as to whether there was going to be an alternative. So that just um, really got to me and I found it to be very unfair. So I decided that I would put together a survey to see see what was going on and the, the depth and breadth of the problem.
0: And, and now we have got a little bit of guidance, which I think the Department of Education issued on the 3rd of April, but it's it's not terribly in-depth and it's not particularly helpful. Um, the, the guidance basically says that they expect contact between children in care and their birth parents um, to continue. Um, they say it's essential for children and families to remain in touch at this difficult time. And for some children, the consequences of not seeing relatives will be traumatising. So the Department of Education has acknowledged that this contact is incredibly important. Um, yeah. It also goes on to say, contact arrangements should therefore be assessed on a case-by-case basis, taking into account a range of factors, including the government's social distancing guidance and the needs of the child. It may not be possible or appropriate for the usual face-to-face contact to happen at this time, and keeping in touch will, for the most part, need to take place virtually. I think that's something else that we can probably discuss later on in the podcast. Um, I know you have strong feelings about that. Um, But the guidance goes on to say, we expect the spirit of any contact orders made in relation to children in care to be maintained and will look to social workers to determine how best to support those valuable family interactions based on the circumstances of each case so there is a clear and unequivocal confirmation from the department of education that these sessions must not be stopped and that they are vital for these children's development and their bond building with their birth parents absolutely going back to your survey um you asked quite a few questions i think there were 14 questions or comment boxes in all can you take us through those
1: Yes, um, a couple I did add a bit late, so I haven't had a great response to those, Um, but the the main ones of importance, I think, would be um, finding out um, how the social workers have responded to the suspension of face-to-face contact and um, whether they have actually offered an alternative and arranged such. Um, What was shocking, I found, was this particular statistic. Only 44% of parents or families were given an alternative method of contact without having to ask for it. So if you look at the the guidelines given by the Department of Education, social workers are failing their statutory duty to encourage and um, facilitate contact between parents and children, which I think is particularly important during this time where children, those who are old enough, will be aware of the news, will be aware of what's going on, and that will just add an extra layer of worry and and anxiety to them, particularly when they haven't heard from their parents.
0: This lack of contact, and also limited contact, is is clearly having an effect, not just on the birth parents, but on the children as well. Because within your survey, You've given parents space to write what's actually going on in real time with their contact. And some parents are saying that their children feel that they just don't want to see them anymore because telephone and video contact is essentially a limited form of contact. And so these children now feel that their birth parents no longer care about them, which is causing an enormous amount of anxiety to these children uh, and obviously to the birth parents as well. But we know that this kind of trauma, particularly at various stages within children's development, is really bad for them. It can have long lasting effects so that was a a really concerning thing to see in your survey Um, one mother also said that her child was suicidal and that the psychiatrist who is working on that case has recommended contact continue exactly as it is but that's been completely ignored by social services again very concerning Um, and then we have some parents who say they're also really frightened that these social distancing measures will be used to cut contact moving forward after the lockdown ends Um, yeah that's a real concern so, and in light of all of those things, another very interesting thing that's come out of your survey is that some of these parents are actually going to council. They're they're seeking legal advice um, about these breaches already.
1: Yes, and understandably so, particularly those where a contact order has been placed by a judge at a final hearing or, or, or such a hearing. And the council are now in breach of that. And they're appearing very notchalant and, oh, well, there's a national crisis, I'm sorry, but... We can't do anything. Or in the case of a couple of parents I've spoken to, um, they blame it on the foster carer who hasn't got the technology or they may be over 60 and and are not allowed out the house or various very nonsensical reasons uh, are being given for this lack of contact. And um, really, they should be doing everything in their power to ensure that contact continues.
0: Looking as well at um, parents' experiences, you've obviously got several in the survey. And before we uh, aired this show, I received several messages from parents outlining their experience in detail. And some of those comments you've seen yourself. I think you've also seen some of the information um, which you've received independently too. Um, and what we do know is that some local authorities are pushing back video calls because they say they need time to set up systems to enable these calls. And in at least one case, um, which I think both you and I are familiar with, this has yes. been going on for six
1: weeks. Yeah, uh, Um. There was an issue um, quite publicly known about the security of Zoom, which is a platform that thousands of people, hundreds of people, millions of people across the world use every day, um, both in the corporate world and privately. Um, And many social workers are jumping on that as an excuse, saying it's not secure. The government won't use it anymore. Therefore, we can't sanction you using it Um, and offering Microsoft Teams as an alternative. Yeah, they then go on to say that Microsoft Teams is a very complicated um, platform to set up and it will take them some time and they must have a contact worker present where, it, which is amazing because many of these times there isn't a contact worker present in face-to-face contact. So why the need for a contact worker to be involved now um, is a good question. Um, but yeah, the, the technology um, issues are being are uh, being used as excuses and exploited, basically.
0: One of the, the big problems the system has is that it is very slow to respond to changes on the ground. So, for example, Zoom, I think that's a fantastic example because there were very big security concerns with Zoom a few weeks ago. But Zoom has since tried to address those concerns. And there is now a view that it's actually relatively safe to use and it can be used safely if you follow certain guidelines and change certain settings Um on the the software whilst you're using it or on the platform Um, but again the government is finding it very difficult to keep up with these changes Um, in in a recording um, that we've heard uh, of a mother speaking to a social worker about her contact one of the discoveries uh, in that recording is that she was actually given the wrong number to dial into on one occasion yes and, yes and, and nothing was actually done to rectify uh, that error nobody tried to call or find out where the mother was this could have actually been sorted out within minutes had somebody made a call to to the mum but as it was That contact session didn't go ahead. Um, We also know that some parents are being... And then
1: she was accused of non-engagement. Yes, which is a classic social services accusation
0: yes yes exactly so there's all sorts of things going on which are making it very very difficult for parents um, and children to actually connect with each other we also know that some parents are being barred from seeing their children by former partners and they're trying desperately hard to get an emergency hearing date to enforce an order that's already in place Um, and some of these parents have managed to get a hearing but some haven't and again that varies depending on which court has the resources to deal with these things there's also a certain amount of discretion in terms of what an urgent application constitutes during the outbreak and all of this is causing an enormous amount of uncertainty, an enormous amount of confusion um, and that's something as well that you've come across in your survey in terms of people looking for information. So what did you find in your survey in relation to parents trying to find the information that they needed? Were they able to find that information?
1: i find finding the answer is categorically no. Um, most instances, I um, Parents are very frustrated, um, they're also confused and upset by the fact that um, the information isn't there in government guidance, nor is it anywhere um, on the local web, government website, nor are they receiving the information from the social workers themselves. But what I find most strange is that the court service themselves, HMCTS, are still continuing to carry out their operations through video conferencing and voice conferencing which leads me to say well if the family court can do it how come social services cannot behave in the same way why are they finding technology so difficult um and i think a few parents have also raised that subject um in their comments
0: absolutely so uh, on the on the um call for experiences that 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 um we put out, Uh, one mother says, I've been given a voice call, which social services know distresses my two-year-old who wants to see his brother. Families are being denied the opportunity to see each other when methods such as Zoom or Skype could very easily be implemented. If there was ever an action to show you how heartless child services are, this is it. Given we live in a digital age, why backup plans are not already in place, I don't know. And then she goes on to say, children are not ignorant to the scale of the pandemic. How can contact still be encouraged for children whose parents have separated, but not children in care? In my opinion, you can't say no to contact due to the virus, but still send looked after children to school. What are your thoughts on that comment?
1: I think it's actually spot on. Um, she's, she's, she's really raised every issue there is. Why um, are we leaving our children? Why are they allowing us to leave our children in distress, particularly at a time when, when they will be worrying? Is, is grandma and grandpa OK? Um, are my parents ill? Have they caught coronavirus? Has anybody died in my family? I mean, those are big concerns for a child. And depending on their age, I know from my own experience with my children, if you don't give them the information they need, quite often they'll make it up in their own minds. They have a very vivid imagination. And they can convince themselves that something drastic and terrible has happened to their family when really it's just a case of them not being allowed contact. So I think that's a very important point that I don't think the the powers that be have even considered in great depth. Um, And particularly the social workers haven't. Um, really thought the whole thing through, they've just decided that, well, I, I can use isolation or, or um, the virus as an excuse to not do the work I'm supposed to do, uh, which I think is a shocking way to behave if you're a public servant.
0: Another worrying issue that the survey raises is that every single respondent to your survey said they didn't feel the local authority and their social workers had handled the situation correctly. What, what do you think about that particular view?
1: Um, well, from personal experience, I know that I have not heard anything from my social worker at all regarding contact. Um, I know he's spoken with my mum. He's had video conferencing uh, with my children, who live with my mum at the moment. They've had, uh, he's had video conferencing with the children so that he can make sure they're OK. Um, but yet there's been no communication from social services uh, to me. Um, discussing whether or not I have contact with my children um, and how to have contact with my children and he didn't even mention it with my mother which was quite worrying Um, knowing that she's 73 years old and she is isolated and isolating um, he should have realised that he should be dealing with this, it's his obligation to, to make sure that the contact occurred but there's been no mention of it whatsoever which I find very alarming and that that trend is is happening, it's being followed all over the country. Um, for example, um, a comment I received was, there's too many lies. There's no proper investigations and no professional takes adequate action. There's no protection of vulnerable children. And um, the social workers are particularly controlling and coercive. My son is in the care of his perpetrator and social services are not monitoring anything at all. Um, which is another issue in that, um, in particular situations where parents have have split up and um, in the course of their separation there have been allegations at one partner of domestic abuse. Um, A separate issue is that the courts deal with this very uh, badly. But um, where custody has been given to one parent, um, who is the alleged perpetrator, in this situation where contact is not taking place face-to-face and the social workers have not instigated any alternative arrangements, the the other parent must be frantic with worry, not knowing how their child is and whether they're being um, abused by their other parent. So that's another issue entirely that's not been considered by the government or the powers that be.
0: So domestic violence has featured quite heavily um, in terms of government response to tackling that it's it's being seen as one of the big problems the one one of the big unforeseen problems um of of the outbreak (laughs) yeah but but again a lot of attention is being paid to um adults within that dynamic and, and not the children who are also involved and in terms of how that's affecting families that's become quite clear um i also received um a message from a mother who said that she was pretty confused about how contact was to work, particularly within um, her case, which did involve domestic abuse. So she's basically really confused and anxious about how everything is going to work. So she says, I would like to know whether the time the schools are closed should be treated as school holidays with regards to contact. My ex-husband is saying it should be, however, he hasn't been able to support our son with his learning over the past two weeks, and I work in education, so I can give him the support he needs to not fall behind. I'd like to stick to our court-ordered term time contact after the Easter holidays, but my ex-husband is saying no. There's a history of domestic abuse, so I'm going to struggle whilst our court order holds no weight and legal advice is not available. Um, that That's actually uh, concerning on many levels, but I think the fact that there is this blanket view that there is no help out there for, for these families is really concerning, and probably more than anything indicates that the government is probably not doing enough to offer the guidance and support that these families need during this outbreak.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the um, government guidance does stipulate... Um, it should be dealt with on a case-by-case basis, but that doesn't offer much help to this um, this mother, unfortunately. Um, really, social workers, if she has one, should be involved here and, um, and, and to prevent the mother having to go through the very stressful um, action of returning to court with this, which, again, as you said earlier, it may not be deemed important enough by the courts to, to be um, be actually upheld and taken as a hearing at present. Um So this is a very alarming situation, and I'm sure it's one that's been repeated up and down the country. Um, Again, I feel that social services and the local authority themselves have just not taken this seriously enough and have not allocated enough thought and time and um, social workers' time to the problem, really.
0: And whilst all of this is going on um, and and things are uncertain and there's a lot of stalling and delay, we're also seeing a stark rise in care applications, which seems almost unbelievable given that the courts are functioning at limited capacity. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yes. um, Under the coronavirus legislation, which was recently um, passed through the Lords and the Commons and and brought into active law, I noticed that there is a, a stipulation in one of the schedules that basically allows um, allows cases to go to court without having been through uh, the earlier sets of procedures um, allowing emergency um, hearings to take place and children therefore removed. I believe that is um, of the right interpretation of it anyhow, um, which is very alarming because It means due process is not taking place and it gives um, all the power to social services in that they can decide that a child is is at risk of significant harm, um, make an application to court, take it to court and be heard, potentially without even having involved the parents in the court hearings or any earlier discussions, which is alarming and incredibly worrying and totally unjust.
0: I think for me one of the, the the biggest um concerns about this development is that A lot of child protection professionals are saying that the isolation measures are causing families high levels of stress, they're obviously unable to earn in a a, a great many cases. And so that stress is interpreting itself as aggression. And there may very well be legitimate cases where children are are being abused. But, But what I think is deeply concerning is that this is clearly not long term dysfunction we're seeing. This is down to temporary stress. And rather than removing these children and making care applications straight away, my question to the government would be why? Why are social workers not implementing support packages? Why are they not going into these homes and trying to offer counselling, for example? Why are these children being removed straight away, rather than looking at ways of keeping these families together during what is a, a really challenging time for everyone?
1: Sadly, the answer to that, as it is in normal times, is budgetary. The, since 2010 and um, the toys implementa- implementation of austerity. Um, the budgets for uh, early intervention support services have been decimated and they just now do not exist. Um, we've lost 10,000 Sure Start centres across the country in the last decade. Um, many of the um, charities that that provided early intervention support services to families have had their government budgets removed. I've um, been relying to- totally on um, Charitable donations and have found themselves um, unable to continue their work and have shut down. So it seems to me that both in normal times and at present, um, the knee-jerk reaction from social workers is these children are at danger removal. There is no um, there is no attempt to to solve the family's problems or or provide. Um, education, training, um, counselling or any other support, it's just immediate removal, which in the long term is going to have irreparable irreparable damage um, to both the children and the parents.
0: So what do you think would be a sensible way forward during the outbreak?
1: During the outbreak I think would be to, I know it's very difficult, but for social workers to use their common sense. And to know this is exceptional times we're living in this isn't normality and the issue a family that has been had no involvement prior to this period are struggling because of the circumstances it's not a dysfunctional family it's a struggling family and in light of that help them rather than remove their children and cause yet further problems